just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your week is going well. Got a lot of stuff to talk about in this Rational Boomer Podcast. Before we get into it, I have a couple of emails that have come my way. Uh, Now, I've often told you that if you have questions, comments, complaints, recipes, whatever, feel free to email me directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com. I get the emails. I will respond by email or on the podcast, but I'm always anxious to hear from you. This one comes from a woman who actually emailed us yesterday. She says, hi, Mike, this is Gail from the Bronx again. Thanks for the shout out. I won't monopolize the show. Well, don't worry about it, Gail. This show is as much yours and all the other listeners as it is mine. The show is called Rational Boomer Podcast, but that doesn't suggest that I'm the Rational Boomer. I'm not. I am a Rational Boomer, one of many. And the point of doing the TikToks in the show wasn't to exalt me personally. It was try to bring together the many Rational Boomers that are out there. Too often, boomers are considered the Trump humpers or the racist or whatever. Well, I happen to know, being one of them, that there are many of us out there. And by doing the TikToks and doing the podcast, this is a wonderful opportunity to bring we rational folks together. So don't hesitate to write me or ask questions or whatever you'd like to do. Anyway, she says, as the day honoring Dr. King came to a close, A thought keeps nagging me, and I wanted to run it by you for your thoughts. I am a native New Yorker, so Trump is nothing new or an unknown quantity. He can go hold hate rallies and spew his lying BS, but New Yorkers, and the world for that matter, know better. His past MO has been injecting his stupid-ass opinion in newsworthy matters whenever he wanted. His arrogance was only surpassed by his ignorance. I like this gal. His big lie is built on voting rights. So isn't it odd that he hasn't made practically any comments at all about cinema or mansion holding Biden's premier agenda back? I think there's some very dodgy deal at the bottom of this. What say you? That's an interesting point. For all intents and purposes, Cinema and Manchin is doing the bidding of the Republican Party and, of course, Diaper Donnie Trump himself. You would think Donald Trump would be all over this, promoting and supporting Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema. He would call them traitors to the Democrats and the only smart Democrats out there because they were holding up Joe Biden's agenda. But he hasn't really said a word. I wonder why. Well, here's one thought. I have a feeling the Republicans have told him, don't say anything about those two. Because what it's going to do, it's going to turn Democrats even more so on Manchin and Cinema. I mean, many Democrats don't like these motherfuckers anyway, because they're doing some horrible shit. They're racist, and they are 
against democracy. Now, they'll say, that's not us. Well, what you're doing uh, uh, promotes those things. So if you promote those things, that's how I see you. Anyway, but here's the thing. If Donald Trump starts supporting these people, that takes a lot of power away from them. Because now everybody in the Democratic Party is going to hate them because of their connection to Donald Trump. It's going to cause them to um, maybe have to cave in because it will be insurmountable in terms of the pressure. And uh, I'm sure Mitch McConnell, who's a smart guy, said, just leave well enough alone. Let them do their shit. Stay out of it. It makes the Democrats look worse. Now, it's not typical for Donald Trump to take advice or suggestions from anybody, but if I'm, if I'm advising Donald Trump, I would tell him to stay away from mansion and cinema. That's just going to mess it up. The fact that he's taking that advice surprises me immensely. But uh, that's what I think, but I don't know. And like you said, there might be some dodgy deal at the bottom of this. Well, let's see who's involved. Donald Trump? Joe Manchin, uh, Christian Cinema, and um, the Republicans. Yeah, of course there could be some fucking dodgy deal. Probably is. I don't know what it would be. You know, maybe there's some kind of um, positive that the Republicans will afford Manchin and Cinema, or even more so. You know, one of the things that have come into play here is these people. Both these people, Manchin and Cinema, do cater to big money, big corporations. And the reason they've voted against some of these things may have more to do with big corporations. So these big corporations who are giving them this money and they're getting this, this uh, behavior out of these two is maybe talking to the Republicans uh, and saying, look, Tell them to shut the fuck up. Don't talk about mansion. Don't talk about cinema. It's just going to ruin the situation. I'll be honest with you. Cinema and mansion are going to have their fucking problems. There is no question about it. They, if this voting rights bill doesn't pass, they are in some deep shit. And I want to do what I can to expose them for who they are. And I'll just say it. They're racist and they're anti-democratic. They're going to push back against that, and maybe they are and maybe they aren't, but what they are doing is promoting those things, so they are culpable. They are accessories after the fact, and they are going to have to pay the price for being those things in a country that doesn't accept racism or undermining democracy. Anyway, honestly, Gail, I don't know exactly what's going on. You know there's some side games or under-the-table games going on. I think it's probably in the Republicans' best interest if Donnie doesn't side with these two because that's just going to cause more problems. Because remember, as evil as Mitch McConnell is, he and I know the very same thing. When Donald Trump opens his mouth and gets involved, he always fucks it up. So I don't know who's pressuring him not to talk about mansion and cinema, but I'm guessing somebody is because... That's going to cause a problem if he does. Chances are, if there is some under-the-table thing, ultimately we will find it out because so much is coming to light right now, and we'll wait and see what happens. 
This next one comes from uh, a gentleman by the name of Victor. He says, Mike, I sure would like to know who could actually go to jail out of this mess, and it doesn't seem like the laws are working for us right now. I can't believe they didn't make laws to be able to handle a situation like this that's going on. Keep up the good work. I really enjoy your I enjoy you. My name is Victor. I'm 76 years old. Well, thank you, Victor. I appreciate that. And I'm not sure what specifically you're talking about there, but I will tell you this. First thing I will say about this, as far as not having laws to handle these situations, if I'm going to take that question, I would assume your meaning, and I would ask the same question. Not so much after the fact now, the things we're investigating now, because there are things happening. There are people like the Oath Keepers that are getting the uh, charges of sedition, and that will go higher and higher. There are plenty of people that have already gone to jail or will go to jail amongst the 700 foot soldiers, the the insurrectionists. And as they go higher to the top, there will be indictments, there will be trials, and there will be people being convicted. So there will be some people going to jail, and there is a lot of things going on right now in the DOJ, um, you know, in Georgia, and in New York, and of course in Washington, D.C. But if I was to take what you're asking here, I would say this. Where I'm troubled is while Donald Trump was president, there was a lot of criminality going on there. And people would say, well, we can't charge him because he's president of the United States. What Donald Trump did is break a lot of norms. No other president would do it because it was just an unwritten rule that you don't do that. Well, Donald Trump doesn't care about those norms, and he broke them one by one. We tried to impeach him, and we did twice, but he was never convicted in the Senate. We had people that wouldn't testify or lied when they testified, and there was really no ramifications from this criminality because he was president and he was protected. So for me, I would suggest that we have a lot of laws when a president is in office that says he can get away with pretty much anything, and that has to be fixed. Now, they never had to address this because, as I said, we had norms that people followed. Donald Trump didn't. And what we found out very quickly is these norms don't have any teeth and there are no laws that stop a sitting president or somebody on his staff or in his administration from breaking the law. No one's accountable, especially when you have Republicans in control in the Senate. So if that's what you're talking about, Victor, I agree with you. We've got some serious problems within our government on the executive level. Nobody broke these norms before, but norms aren't laws. So because they're not laws, nobody can really do anything to make them accountable. Nobody imagined that anybody would break those norms. Well, now we know there are some people that will break those norms. And once Donald Trump has done it, somebody else will do it. And I'm not just talking about Republicans. I'm talking about Democrats, too. Once they see an angle, once they see an opening that they can do something, there will always be somebody that comes along and exploits it for their own benefit. So that's one of the things we have to address sometime in this Biden administration that people that hold offices 
in the Oval Office, the president, the vice president, or some of the executive staff, the executive branch in total, there needs to be some accountability for the attorney general. William Barr got away with absolutely ridiculous shit, and he was the top law enforcement man in the country. What happened during the time Donald Trump was president was a fucking mess. Everybody got away with everything. And as strong as we thought this country was or our government was and how people would be accountable, we found out very quickly that is not the case. That is something we need to fix in this government because this is going to happen again and it's going to get worse. Now, the thing about Donald Trump, though, one thing that Robert Mueller said is Donald Trump was guilty of at least 10 occasions of obstruction of justice in the Mueller report. Now, they weren't going to prosecute him when he's president, but Mueller very clearly said after he's no longer president, he could be prosecuted. So that may be part of what's going on. In fact, we almost have to go after him for those sorts of things if we hope that no other president pulls that bullshit. Whether that'll happen, I don't know. Everybody walks very lightly around the president, the former vice president, people on the executive level, former attorney generals. The thing about it is the things that happened in those four years were so egregious and so outrageous and so close to undermining our democracy. The DOJ and Merrick Garland may not want to do those sorts of things because they come off political, but they don't really have a choice. Because the reason they won't typically prosecute a president or a vice president or something like that is because it comes off political. And all that does is set up retribution. So now the Republicans get into office, and they start going after the Democrats. And it gets to be a big mess. It's a convoluted situation and fucks up our government. And I understand that to a certain extent. But everybody is supposed to be accountable for the law. Nobody is above the law. That's what they say. So let's have them prove it to us, whether you're president of the United States or the janitor in the West Wing. No one is above the law. What we saw in those four years, that that's a lie. There are people above the law. Now, the DOJ, Merrick Garland, have to fix that if they expect us to believe it. So, Victor, I don't know if that answers your question, but I appreciate you taking the time to write, and I appreciate you spending the time listening. Thank you very much, Victor, and again, thanks very much to Gail from the Bronx. I wanted to talk about something else regarding this voting rights bill. Now, it's really kind of interesting how this is, uh, this is going with the voting rights bill. We know that the Republicans aren't going to vote for it. They were going to set up a vote for today. They might even vote today. Uh, might not, though, because they're taking a different tact. Um, Republicans weren't going to vote. They wanted to carve out the filibuster, but they needed Manchin and Cinema to allow the filibuster to be carved out, and they were standing strong and not willing to do that. So that meant the voting rights would not pass. And that's what I said before. They're sticking strong to this filibuster, but they say, yeah, we want the voting rights. No, you fucking don't. 
Because if you did and you understand how important it is to our democracy, you'd step up and do it this one time for this one situation. It's not like you haven't done it before because you fucking have. You could do it here, but you're refusing to do it. Now, this is causing quite an uproar with a lot of people. Martin Luther King III was down in Arizona, Christian Cinema's home state, tearing up Christian Cinema, making her look foolish. And the crowds down there are pretty much against Christian Cinema. If she makes another term, I will be fucking amazed. There is no way, because she's not very experienced, she's not very bright, and she's obviously being controlled by somebody outside of her little sphere, somebody who has a lot of money and that she wants it, because she's changed her policies a lot since she got voted in, and it hasn't been that long. I think it was 2020. But now, all of a sudden, she's the buddy of the big corporations and the big money. The only reason that is the case is because she's getting some money. And, and, and I even heard that she's thinking about running for president. Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? You've pissed off every Democrat in this country. Now you think you're going to run for president? I think fucking not. So MLK Third is down there ripping her to shreds on Martin Luther King Day. And then with Joe Manchin, he's got a lot of famous friends, you know, and a lot of celebrities are upset about Joe Manchin uh, working against the voting rights. Stevie Wonder made a plea to him. His One of his best buddies, Nick Saban, the football coach, the college football coach, sent him a note and says, come on, Joe, fucking, fucking do what you're supposed to do here. But, of course, Joe Manchin is indignant about this stuff. One of the reporters asked him, are you changing your mind at all? Are you doing? No, I'm not doing that because of the rules and because of this and because of that. If you don't like it, you can fucking primary me. <laughs> well, that may be the case. That may be the case. Maybe they should primary his ass. I don't know when he's up for election here. Probably three or four years. Maybe it's two years, but... Who knows? But Joe Manchin is holding tight to this situation. So the Democrats are saying, what what the fuck can we do here? If we can't get our own two Democrats to bend a little bit with the filibuster, we'll never get the voting rights bill. Well, they're trying something else. And I, I, I don't know much about this. It's it's kind of based on what the filibuster used to be. If you remember, the filibuster would require somebody from the opposing party to stand up and talk forever. And I don't even know what that did. But they don't do that anymore. Fuck, they can call in and say, I call filibuster, and then all of a sudden it has to be 60 votes as supermajority, which is absolute bullshit. These people are required to do nothing. They can fuck up a bill without even getting out of their goddamn easy chair, for Christ's sake. But anyway, Chuck Schumer and the Democrats are doing something today. I think they started yesterday, and they're doing it today. And it's called a talking filibuster. Now, I'll try to explain this, but I don't understand it completely myself. I get a rough idea what it's about. Apparently, what they do is they make a small change to the bill. And then they start talking about the bill. They try to debate the bill. 
Now, when they do this, the senators have to come up and explain why they don't want to do the voting rights bill. This, this does a couple of things. It exposes people. It makes them say words and stand by why they don't want the voting rights bill. And they have to live by that. And they keep talking and they keep talking. Each one of these senators could talk twice. And then when the Republicans just don't want to talk anymore, then theoretically, as I understand it, they can vote on it without a supermajority and just a simple majority. But then you still have to have Manchin and Sinema vote because you need a 51 point or 51 vote win. 50 senators and, of course, Kamala Harris. This seems like a last-ditch effort. It is an option. I didn't know about this option. I knew there's always tricks and angles to anything, but I didn't know about this particular option. But that's what they're doing now, something called a talking filibuster. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know much about it. I just heard about it tonight. I looked it up, and the way I explained it to you is all I know. So if there's anybody out there in the audience can explain it, explain it better than I can, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com, and I'll read that so people understand better of what's going on. Will it work? Fuck, I don't know. I mean, it's something. Because at this point, Mansion and Cinema aren't ready to... Uh, help us carve out the filibuster this one time for the voting rights bill. So for all intents and purposes, the bill is done. The bill is dead. So now they're trying this angle. But again, there's a whole nother reason for doing this. It's about exposing people for who they are. It's real easy for people to sit in a corner someplace and say, yeah, I'm not voting for that. But if you have to stand up and talk about it and explain why you don't agree with voting rights... That's a little different situation. Now you're on the record. Now your face is in the camera, and you have to live with whatever you said. And if this goes south after the fact, or it finally does get passed, and in history you look bad, that fucking thing is going to come up on the Internet and the television, cable news, every time there's a vote like this. So there's a big price to pay for these people, whether they be Democrat or Republican. And what the Democrats now are trying to do is expose and embarrass those people that don't agree with the voting rights bill. And in addition, they're trying to expose and embarrass Manchin and Cinema. They're trying to shame them into fucking doing this and changing the filibuster so we can get the voting rights passed. I mean, we've got famous people contacting Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema, telling them, Jesus Christ, get this done for Christ's sake. They're being shamed to no end. And if after this is all said and done, there's no voting rights bill, their life is going to be hell after the fact. Every person in color, every person of color will hate these motherfuckers. We white people that want voting rights, which is probably two-thirds or three-fourths of this country, are going to hate these motherfuckers. He's worried about a primary? Oh, I don't think that's his biggest problem. His life is going to be a mess because people will be all over him. He thinks they got mad about Build Back Better? That ain't nothing compared to voting rights. You're pissing off three-quarters of this country, and they're going to be in your shit every day. 
And if, in fact, the voting rights bill doesn't get passed, I'm going to do whatever I can. And I've got a couple of ideas to start making it a trend. People calling Mansion and Cinema racist and uh, anti-democratic. And just keep pumping that shit out there. Let them have the embarrassment they deserve if they do what they have to do to block a voting rights bill, for Christ's sake. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. All right, the January 6th Insurrection Committee is at it again. They issued more subpoenas. This time they've subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani, a crazy fucking lawyer, Sidney Powell, And Jenna Ellis, you remember all three of those clowns, they were at that, um, they were at that press conference, remember, at the Four Seasons? Everybody thought it was the Hotel Four Seasons when in fact it was some lawn care fucking company. But they all stood up there. They all stood up there and were talking about the big lie and how there was election fraud. Jenna Ellis was there, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani was there, and uh, now they've all been subpoenaed because they have inside tracks on what's going on. And I want you to pay very close attention to what happens when they get the subpoena. When the subpoena is announced for everybody that's been subpoenaed up to this point, they don't just say, here's the subpoena, come talk to us. Before they talk about the subpoena, they talk about all the reasons why they're sending the subpoena, all the criminal activity that each one of these people have committed to get the subpoena, why they believe they know something. And it's very calculating. Every time they say, okay, we're going to subpoena Rudy Giuliani, they go down a laundry list of all the things he did, all the people he talked to. And it's, again, all about exposing these people for who they are. They're trying to shame them to a certain extent or make them mad. Because when they get mad, they will do stupid shit. Now, chances are Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and Jenna Ellis won't testify. But they really have no standing not to testify. They are required to do it. And they will likely get some kind of... Uh, criminal contempt of Congress if they decide not to testify. They aren't politicians. They weren't part of the uh, uh, part of the uh, White House or the administration, much like Steve Bannon. These people don't have any protection, real or otherwise, because really the protections that the Pences and the Mark Meadows claim they have, they don't have. They don't have that. So they're going to have problems in their own right. It's just a little tougher to to um, subpoena or charge somebody who was in the administration. It's not that it can't be done. It's just more hassle and more time-consuming. Now, in addition to subpoenaing those people, they also subpoenaed phone records for numbers associated to Eric Trump and Kimberly Guilfoyle. That is that scary-looking girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr. 
Yeah, they were out there on January 6th talking, so they have some insights. They have some knowledge of what was going on there, and they stipulated that when they sent out the subpoena. And now those folks will have to make the choice as to whether or not they're going to testify in front of the House Select Committee. But I want you to notice something. As they've been sending out subpoenas, it's getting ever so closer to the top. Donald Trump. Ivanka Trump, Don Jr. They're not there yet, but they're as close as they can get. They're getting phone records from uh, Kim Guilfoyle, Eric Trump. They're sending subpoenas to Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and Jenna Ellis. It tells you this is all coming to a culmination. They may or may not be expecting these people to actually testify Fact is, they have tons and tons of evidence. They've interviewed over 400 people. Anything these people can tell them, if they were telling the truth, they already know. Isn't that the old saying? Lawyers don't ask questions they don't already know the answer to? Yeah, you can be assured that that's the case here. They know a lot of shit. Now, Jamie Raskin said that when the uh, public hearings start, it's going to blow the roof off the House of Representatives. All these Republicans, like 147 Republicans that were complicit in trying to overturn the election, there's going to be a lot of people shitting their pants, jumping ship like rats, crying and screaming and begging for forgiveness. That's coming. Now, I had somebody in one of my TikToks say, so when is the public hearings going to happen? Look, dude, I said it was going to be in the first quarter. We're not even through January as yet. It's coming. It's coming quickly. They don't have a lot of time between now and November. Fucking relax. It's coming. It has to come. That is their big play. A lot of it is timing. They want to stretch this out as long as they can so that they're still pounding on these people when you get to August or September going into the November election. Let's be honest, people in this country are stupid, and there's so much fucked up shit going, people don't remember things, so you have to keep it fresh in their mind, and that's what they're doing. Just trust it's going to happen. Stop your whining and pissing and moaning. I really hate that. Well, nothing's ever going to happen to him. Are you kidding me? Shit's already happening to him. Donald Trump has got his company indicted. There is sedition charges with the Oath Keepers, and that's going to lead to more sedition charges. We're talking a level of crime like we've never seen dealing with Congress or the White House. This kind of investigation and prosecution doesn't come easily and doesn't come quickly. There's too many things that can go wrong, so they have to get it right. I know you're impatient. I'm fucking impatient, too. But sometimes you just have to wait and see what the fuck happens. It's like the Matt Gates thing. We've been waiting a long time. But now they're finally going to sentence uh, Joel Greenberg. He's had his girlfriend come in, and she's getting immunity. So you know shit is getting ready to pop there. It's all going to happen. Stop whining about it. Stop. You know, it's like these people say, well, if it's not going to happen in the time frame I want, I'm just going to pout and say it's not going to happen. Well, if you want to do that, do that on your fucking own. I don't want to hear it. 
I don't need to hear that negativity. First of all, it's stupid. Second of all, it's wrong. And it sounds fucking whiny, okay? All right, moving on. The National Archives are planning to turn over four pages of Trump-era White House documents today. Talking about Wednesday at 6 p.m. Now, you know that there are 700, uh, 800 documents that the Select Committee has been trying to get from the National Archives, White House documents, Trump documents that were from around January 6th. And, of course, Donald Trump, shit in his pants, filed a lawsuit. He lost that lawsuit. He appealed it. He lost that appeal. And he lost resoundingly in both those cases. And it was sent to the Supreme Court, and we're waiting for a ruling there. My guess is the Supreme Court's going to say, yeah, we're not going to hear this. And then Donald Trump will be done. All of that will be released. Now, apparently, these four pages are different. I don't know how they're different. I don't know what they are or what kind of information they're going to give off. But in the original lawsuit by Donald Trump, it didn't include these four pages. The Biden administration says, yeah, that's not part of this lawsuit. This is separate. But it's not that they didn't give Donald Trump a chance even still. Because apparently they told the Trump organization... 30 days ago, 29 days ago, that they were going to release these four pages, these documents. And the Trump team had a 30-day window to argue it, try to delay it, or whatever. Well, that window expires at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Actually, as we're talking now, depending on when you listen to the podcast, we may be already past that window. And does that mean that Donald Trump could, at the last minute, file a lawsuit and delay it more? Certainly it could. Certainly it could. But is he? I don't know. If he knows what the documents are and he isn't worried about it, maybe he won't. Besides the fact this fucking guy is juggling so many goddamn lawsuits, I don't know how he can keep track of them. And he keeps losing these lawsuits. And every time he loses these lawsuits, it costs him tons of money. So does he want to spend tons of money on four pages? Or is he going to just take a chance and hope to God it isn't going to hurt him any more than he's already being hurt? I don't know. We don't know what Donald Trump does because he's a fucking nutcase. He will do anything to delay anything. But he's got to be running out of money, time, and lawyers. Because he's running through lawyers like he runs through Depends. He's constantly shitting his pants and constantly not paying lawyers and having to get cheaper, worse lawyers. He doesn't have the high-level lawyers working for him, so they don't really know as much as what a normal presidential lawyer might know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens come 6 o'clock on Wednesday if the National Archives releases them. And then when they get released, it'll be interesting to find out what, in fact, is in that documentation. We're also waiting to hear when the Supreme Court is going to act on the appeal that Donald Trump sent. We would presume that they would act on it fairly quickly, but it is the Supreme Court, and they're slow as fuck with everything. Hopefully, they will take 
a page from the lower courts and say, yeah, we're not going to deal with this, and then that will be over. We'll see what happens when that occurs, but uh, we're still waiting for it. We are still waiting for what's going on there. You remember when we were talking about all these documents, these uh, certificates of ascertainment? These are certificates sent out by the electors after the election to vote for whoever their state voted for. They're sent to the National Archives, then they go to the, uh, the House of Representatives, and they, um, uh, they figure it out. Actually, the Senate, and they figure it out, they, they count it, and that's where they wanted Pence to not certify it, to go against the Constitution, but of course he didn't. But what we're finding out now that there are seven states— that created a second forged copy of Certificates of Ascertainment. Seven states, they all happen to be swing states, where Donald Trump lost. And what these clowns decided to do is create these second documents to show votes by fake electors and then send it in as if it's real and hope against hope that they wouldn't figure it out. Well, there was never any way that they wouldn't figure this out. So the whole thing was fucking stupid. But these people who think they're patriots and think they're smart and think they're sharp and think they can slip this one under the table, they've got some bigger problems now. You see, the attorney general from Michigan has now asked the DOJ to investigate these fake GOP electors. And keep in mind, on these certificates, each one of them fucking signed the thing. We know exactly who they are and where they are. And, you know, they think they can just get away with this shit, but Michigan's not playing that. The attorney general is now sending it to the DOJ and saying, this is a forgery. This is um, anti-democracy. This is a problem. You need to prosecute it. And they have to seriously look at it. But it's not just Michigan. It's also New Mexico who is doing this. And we understand that Nevada may be doing it as well. And you can bet if these three do it, the remaining four will do it too. And in fact, there was one elector, fake elector, that was interviewed. And this fake elector said that he was instructed by a lawyer from Donald Trump's White House to do these phony electors. Well, that adds another level onto this thing. And it adds to all the things we're seeing, how Donald Trump and the White House and Congress were involved with the actual insurrection on January 6th. But now it appears as though they were also involved in creating and uh, producing and shipping out these fake certificates of ascertainment. That spells trouble for Donald Trump. That's not going to be a good thing for him. That is going to be exposed, and now the DOJ is going to be forced to investigate it because these states are referring them to the DOJ. All these people that thought they were smart that signed these certificates, just a little note to remember, you are fucked because what you did may be even treasonous. So good luck with that, motherfuckers. Um... A few other things. Uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James put out a statement yesterday night. Uh, She said, we have uncovered significant evidence 
indicating that the Trump Organization used fraudulent and misleading asset valuations on multiple properties to obtain economic benefits, including loans, insurance coverage, and tax deductions for years. We are talking about legal action. No, she said, we are taking legal action to force Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., and Ivanka Trump to comply with our investigation in the Trump organization. Now, what you have to understand is what Letitia James is doing is a civil case. If he loses that civil case, a couple of things could happen. He could be fined. And with the amount of years involved in this, and you're talking about tax fraud, insurance fraud, bank fraud, this could be a lot of fucking money, more money than Donald Trump has. And it all comes down to a standard practice that Donald Trump did. And I've told you this before, how he devalues or increases the value of his properties depending on how it's going to benefit him. If he's going to a bank or an insurance company, he makes his property seem more valuable so he can get more money for those properties. But at the same time, he'll go to uh, the IRS and say, oh, these aren't worth very much, so he doesn't have to pay much in taxes. Now, this is very egregious. This is very illegal. And all these entities are going to want to take him down. Now, it shows in the records that Donald Trump has been doing it most of his life up till about 2017 where he was involved. Now, in 2017, he became president, and then uh, um, I think Eric Trump, no, Donald Trump Jr., then took over dealing with uh, those situations, valuing, overvaluing and devaluing. The, the, the properties, doing the same thing his dad has done for years. He did it, too. Ivanka Trump did a lot of dealing with Deutsche Bank. Now, Deutsche Bank's got all kinds of fucking problems. They kept feeding Donald Trump money when no bank would. I think the presumption is that um, somehow the Russians fed the money to Deutsche Bank, and then Deutsche Bank gave it to Donald Trump. Now, here's the problem. Deutsche Bank is one of the entities that would have been defrauded by the Trump organization, you know, the bank fraud part of it. And that was Ivanka's charge. She was dealing with Deutsche Bank. So these three people, Donald Jr., Donald Sr., and Ivanka Trump, have a lot of questions to answer. And again, this is a civil case, but remember... This very same case is being investigated criminally by the Manhattan District. Now, that's the reason why Donald Trump says he doesn't have to testify in front of Letitia James, the state. He says they can't do that if there's also criminal charges because it will expose things in the civil case. And since she's working on the criminal case as well, that's not fair. Well, apparently there are some legal aspects to this that he maybe has a point in that situation. But I wouldn't count Letitia James out. She's, uh, she doesn't fuck around. She's pretty tough on these kind of people. Pretty fucking tough. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But Letitia James is pounding on him.
the Manhattan District has gone after him. I mean, keep in mind, the Manhattan District has already indicted his company and his CFO. He's got people in the company who have already turned evidence on Donald Trump for immunity. So there's a lot of shit hanging out there. It's just a matter of time before it all comes crashing down on him. But Letitia James doesn't seem too happy about the Trumps not willing to testify. And if there's an angle to force them or corner them, you can bet Letitia James will probably be fucking doing that. So we'll watch that very closely and we'll figure out what is going on there. And I just wanted to uh, wrap it up with something I did a TikTok on. I just want to talk about it. You know, it's funny. The Oath Keepers are... uh, a ridiculous group of people. When I look at the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, or the One Percenters, to me they seem like a bunch of guys doing cosplay or LARPing, you know, live action role play. I'm this old big fat guy who wants to play army, so I get my army suit, my army boots, my belts, all the stuff, my helmets. And they're all excited. We're going to dress up like army men, and we're going to be a strong army. We're going to fight for the right of Donald Trump and this country. (laughs) But the funny thing about it is the leader of the Oath Keepers is hysterical. And here's some things you may not know about him. He says his name is Stuart Rhodes. In fact, his name is Elmer Stuart Rhodes, which seems fitting, Elmer, because he does seem to be close to a fucking cartoon character. He's an idiot. He's an absolute fool. His wife has even come out and said, this guy's an idiot. He's dangerous. You need to put him in jail. His ex-wife said this. No doubt they have some kids, the father of the kids. But she's not feeling too good about him. And, of course, uh, Elmer has this eye patch. It makes him tough. It makes him look like a fucking pirate, right? (laughs) Well... The funny thing is, you need to know how he ended up having that eye patch. It wasn't some firefight on enemy lines. No, what happened actually was he was giving some gun safety class. He was showing people how to be safe with guns because he's an expert. He's an army guy. He's got the outfit and the boots and everything. He's got to be good at this. But what Elmer did was he dropped the fucking gun. The gun went off, shot him in the eye. (laughs) Isn't that the guy you want to be teaching your gun safety class? You know, when I look at these Oath Keepers and now they've been charged with sedition, you can bet these guys are going to get on their knees and sing like fucking canaries. When you look at these clowns, they don't look like the Oath Keepers. Kind of a cool name, kind of a tough name. They look more like the Apple Dumpling Gang. Now, you have to be old as me to get that reference. But suffice to say, it was a movie, and the Apple Dumpling Gang were a bunch of marauding idiots who did nothing but screw up, which seems right in line with what we're seeing from the Oath Keepers. I can't wait to see these fuckers go to jail, and I can't wait to see them give up people in the White House or in Congress who help them. See, that's the thing with sedition. It goes to the top. It's not just the people that charge the gates. Sedition covers anybody who offers help, comfort, any kind of assistance at all. 
anybody who does that to somebody who is being seditious themselves are seditious. So if someone, say, was to give them a tour, a map, a tip, you know, like somebody in Congress or Mark Meadows in the White House, if they offered these people being charged with sedition any help or comfort at all, they too are guilty of sedition. So you can see where this is going to go. These people who were first charged with sedition, they're going to want to get some time off because they thought they were being heroes, but now they're going to go to jail for 20 years. You think they're not going to talk about the higher-ups so they can get some time cut? Oh, I guarantee you the Apple Dumpling Gang is going to give up anybody and everybody they can to get as much time taken off their fucking sentence. That will be fun to watch. All right, let's wrap it up for another Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time with me, taking the time to listen. I want to thank the folks for sending in emails. Be sure to do the same if you have questions or comments, rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer podcast, and leave a voicemail message. So I hope you have a good rest of the day. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on in this voting rights fiasco, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.